Hey people, uh, my name is Chuka Obi, aka Dasuki, and we are out here cruising out west. The breeze is looking good, weather is nice. Join me on the one podcast that I would like to come back on. Hey guys, what's up? What's poppin'? What it do? What it be? Waiting this up? That's where it's gang is back. Wow, unruly. You feel me? You feel you feel me? Keep hearing Lagos in December. Uh, I love I love the way Nigerian music is sounding right now. <laughs> no, you make me feel bad. It's not that. It's just like baby. Oh like whiskey changed my life. Bye. When whiskey blew it, hold on your boy. I used to lie that I was in the video. You don't want to get lost in the sauce. Hey guys, what's up? What's up, Papi? What it do? What it be? What it is up? We back and we better. We Gucci or whatever. I'm copying you. Sorry. <laughs> Man- manage- management told me that I should stop saying um, smackalacking. What was that yeah. I used to say? Management, they told me that it's Raz, so I should stop saying it. So I'm just going to stick to the normal. How are you guys doing? What's up? What's Gucci? <laughs> But, yeah. but if you don't know now, you know we have management, so talk to us nice. Don't yeah, we don't step up. Nice. We don't step yeah. up. But Our yeah. price don't go up. <laughs> we we up, baby. But up, um, man. how are you, KP? Actually, actually, no, yeah. stop. Don't, don't answer that question. <laughs> sure. I need to. Yes, we have a we have somebody on the pod with us. We have to introduce them. Oh, I didn't knew. Sorry. I didn't see you. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Um, I hope you guys had the last uh, had an enjoyable last two weeks. Um, I can't speak English for some reason today, but whenever can I speak English? English is hard. But I hope me. you guys enjoyed the last two weeks. Today on this episode, we have a special captain at this point because this guy is me. an OG, an Oga. Like before we recorded, he he was explaining something to me. I was like, "Homo, <laughs> this you, man is my commander in chief." So while we were, well, before we start recording, you know how I was feeling, you know, like, you know, those like books where they talk about like how life used to be like in the village in Nigeria mm-hmm. and uh, all those campfires where like this like really wise man would just He's be talking story. to this circle of small children and they'll just <laughs> fold their arms and just be listening. Yes, wise man. That's how, that, that's how we actually felt for real, for yeah. real. But yeah, KP, do the introduction. Yeah. So we have the director of creativity and innovations at global commerce um he has worked on award-winning ad campaigns for mtn unilever fidelity bank fcmb absolute vodka and more Opal, really really um he's an illustrator he's an artist and he's an advertising genius and the person behind the burner boys twice as tall comic book um basically he's and an all cre- and cover Sorry, and cover my, my, don't forget my, my, and, and cover, cover. The, the, the very wow. beautiful cover yeah and he's basically an all-around creative genius i saved the best for last he's a writer of the mtn saka i don't put to i don't i i, I, I plan not to sing that song but i just can't do it without singing it but yeah um he's a writer of the i don't pour um mtn saka ad so yes we have chuka obi on the podcast today everybody let's clap yeah i we need to start adding yeah. thank, you, thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> yeah, and thank you and thank you and thank you <laughs> but yeah if you don't know chuka chuka is an all-round creative like visually verbally the guy they write in the draw in the rap what's in again you know you know when Buj- you know when Buj- you said, tell me what you know what Buj- said tell me what i cannot do <laughs> he was singing it for him <laughs> because really what, what does this man do <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But yeah, check out how are you? Do you want to introduce yourself if that introduction was not up to par? Yeah, how uh-uh. the streets after we like that to, one like, again. We like to ask people, you know, how the streets right. know you? You know, what do you go by in the you streets? Know, you know, people just give me trumpet. Let me be blowing by myself at this rate. Well, I'm glad, first of all, that all your intro about management saying you guys should not be rats has been thrown in the mud, first of all. So, yes. And I'm 100% oh with you God. guys. Management, the rasness is part of the trip. So, please, let you them be. You get me. There's nothing wrong with being Raz. Raz is... At all, no. I mean, make, come on. make Raz cool. So, yeah, make Raz cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, aside from aside from going by Chuka, he actually goes by you know maybe a what's that you know Mon- is AKA, it Monica? Yeah. Hey, I was going to say these yeah. baby boomers, <laughs> millennials. They be saying Monica. I say wait till be Monica. Is that Monica. Hey, Monica. Hello. But yeah. Oh, He's also known as the rapper um, Dasiki. Um, yeah. I think you people should go and listen to him. Like, if people want to, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not little. It's not VVS. It's not chains. It's actually like things that make you deep things. Like you might not have realized it, but his bars, he, he be making sense. You be thinking, ah, okay, I get and, it now. And and from what I have gotten from the past ten minutes. If you are young like me, a lot of those bars will go over your head because <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. like, when 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 you explained it, I was like, oh my god, I need to do my research on. I was doing you know. some googles like the other time. It says it says counter game. I said okay, okay. okay. But I, I clearly don't know a lot. I clearly don't know a lot. The new yeah, album will be, you know, re- it'll be relevant to all of y'all. I promise. The music might not be, but the lyrics will be. <laughs> I'm screaming. But anyways, the album comes out by the time the episode comes out because it comes out on Tuesday, so the album is out already. So you guys should check it out. Cool. Yeah. So we can talk about a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna put, but regardless, I'm still gonna put like the links to his album in the bio, so you guys can check it out as well. Um, should we start? Let's start with a little game. I guess we're all comfortable with each other, but it's still nice to have a little game so that the audience can can laugh at KP because KP has oh. always lost this game. Um, we um, played this game like four or five times chick, and KP chick, still hasn't chick, left. Come on, come on, come on. Today's day, don't worry. Today's day, we lose. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, I, I I told Toby one day that oh, we should start playing games now, and we came up with this game. It's called Concentration Podcast Edition. I did that. It's my own. Home. Tell me why every time we play it, I always come last. Every time, every time, every time. I've never, I've never passed first round. I've been... So um, you were meant to see the vision, not to execute the vision. <laughs> maybe, maybe that is, maybe that is what is happening. Because okay, so um, the name of the game, like con- um, con- concentration. Hmm, I cannot speak English. Concentration. It's the podcast edition. Um, to explain it is we give a category and you just give um, a word that is associated with the category. So, for example, okay. if I say... Um, what's an example? Colors. 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 Hair, we'll say red, blue, yellow, green to somebody mm-hmm. that goes and, you know, that of somebody's KP. But, yes. yeah. So, this round um, is... Actually, no, let's do the order. I think KP should go first this time. Maybe that would help him. KP... Boost my KP. morale, Avi. Okay, I'll yeah. go first. So, KP, Chuka, and I'll go last. And the categories we should do is countries in South America. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So I'm start. I'm starting rise. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm starting rise. Okay. Yeah. Argentina. Puerto Rico. Peru. Gee, wait, wait. We can't even confirm if this question, this, if these countries are in South America, because I'm not even aware of all the countries in South yeah. America. But let's carry on. Let's carry on. Let the game be that. When 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 my logo was saying Tampico and Puerto Rico uh, for um, for fruits, there was no way we could fact check it. I'm screaming, but yes. On, um, on the last on the last episode, we had my logo and um we were doing fruits, so I had already ja. It was okay. just Toby and him remaining, and we started here. Um, Kampala. Kampala, <laughs> margarine. <laughs> we were like, what kind of fruits are these? Apparently, they actually fruit fruit was just. A, no, so he was okay. he was saying fruits, but he was saying like the agriculture name. So it was like star fruit. Oh. What, what star fruit is like I, I was thinking I, I had to stop and be like, are these sure? actual fruits? Because <laughs> I was thinking, what's going on here, nigga? Like I, I'm, I don't know these fruits. But okay. yeah, okay. So KP, carry on. Okay, let's again. Argentina. Um, Puerto Rico. Chica, your turn. Chile. I just said Puerto Rico. She said, My bad. She said Chile. I, I yeah. Said Chile. Yeah. So, okay. Oh. Okay, Brazil. <laughs> Yeah. Honduras. Colombia. Bolivia. Uruguay. <laughs> it was I'm out. What can Man. God not do? What can <laughs> God not do? Man. Man. Okay, Man. so so Toby, me are you? Toby, me are you? Second okay. category. Um, um, final category should be whiskey songs. Ah, let's go. Well, yeah, now he's starting. Outside, no, Lily. OJ Legba. Scatter the floor. Don't do. Um, wait, 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 wait. You know I stammer. You know I stammer. Even a whiskey song. Even a whiskey song. Hey, you know I stammer. See if you are bad, to be, to be, you are bad. You let me do, do. If you are, let's let's run it again. Okay, okay. No, Lily. Scatter the floor. You not took my second one, yeah, man. <laughs> I've told you it wasn't meant to be. At this it point, we'll call you now. Instead of saying you lose that, you lost that. Say you KP'd. You yeah. oh. <laughs> now we're definitely we're definitely incorporating that into the episodes moving forward. Oh. Okay, no. we have we have a crazy we have a crazy natural dictionary where we like add words. No, so, I would say I would say encyclopedia because there's also like redacted. You know, there's other things oh, yeah. on there. Yeah, it's not just words. Oh yeah, true, true, true. But yeah. So yeah. So KP right. has been initiated into the um. So the crazy natural encyclopedia. All right, no problem. I'm fine with that. Okay, so the essence video from Whiskey and Thames it came out yesterday of Made of Made in Lagos. Have you guys seen the video? Yeah, I did. I did. I liked it. It was a cool video. Yeah, I've seen it. I think it's a good video. Yeah, the the thing about me and videos is I'm always trying to see something extra. Maybe it's because of you know the fact that I'm always looking for the clincher or something special when I'm watching stuff. So, but yeah, it's a really good video. I um, I won't say oh, I was blown away, but yeah, it's a really good video. I thought it was just clean. Whiskey was just being yes, exactly. Nothing, clean nothing video. Special. Thames, yeah. Thames was working the camera. Thames said, "Is is me and you tonight? Like that camera is me and the camera." Oh, by the way, I'm 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 a I'm a Thames stan. So, seeing a any, any video that Thames is in, I can watch it so many times. 
But I think my best part of the video was the part where Wiz kid was in the car with those like ladies and like in the drop top and everything. He was just driving. That was very cool. I was like, I want to recreate that this summer. That's my summer recreation. I have a recreation board since I want yeah. to do this summer. So, you know, hopefully what's just the, <clears throat> hopefully what's just the wild, what's, the, what's the wildest thing on that board? I can't see it. I can't see it on here. I can't see it on here. Speaking of, okay, actually, just re- it just I just remembered you people. KP is not part of KP has rescinded the word gango. Okay. <laughs> so if you don't know, and KP has always been like the cruising out west gang is back, and I've always been like, oh my god, is even in the intro? Is even in the intro? Like he's always in the intro of the pod actually, and he's always like the gang is back, and I'm thinking, nigga, I'm not part of any gang, like no, like I'm I'm not involved in this gang business. I'm not there. And all of a sudden, I wake up, you know, randomly at 2 a.m. And I see on Twitter, KP said he's not part of any gang. That he's seeing that all crazy out west gang comments. And I asked him why. I think he said he watched um, the Blue Stories, the movie by um, Rapman. <laughs> and he said he saw real gang and he's not involved. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I've done see real gang. I know. I, eh? Jesus. <laughs> no, no one, no one that's the life for you. Ah, Omo. See, I just used to say gang shit as far cool. Now, you know, I was like, all oh, those rappers by gang, gang, gang. So, man, I just used to say it on my What That Blue Story movie. Ah, I saw gang. I say, hey. <laughs> hey. Now, you know, I think I'm 6 9 snitched. Yeah, you get, ah, hey. That's what I could say, Omo. I'm not, I'm not part of them. Right? So, yeah. I'm, I'm very dead, but yeah. Moving on from KP's thingy, um, recently, um, DMX passed away. Rest in peace. Um, RIP DMX. That was, it was a lot for, for hip hop fans all over the world. Um, and I love that DMX has, he really lived life. Every time on Twitter, it's always some random encounter. Like I saw the one where he was making eggs in IHOP or where he was skateboarding or like, it was just DMX definitely yeah. lived life because every encounter I've seen is very, is very random. Like you can just tell like he was like a down to earth person. But yeah. yeah. I know you're a huge hip hop person. So for you. Yeah. So I did not grow up on DMX because I met DMX when I was like maybe like 15. So, no, what I meant, I meant like met him (laughs) music wise. (laughs) I wish. You know, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, it's not a far fetch, you know? Yes, that would be fast. I'm telling you, he's that, he's that kind of guy, you know? So he came to Nigeria, went to a Laba market, literally Ah. all week. Yeah. I'm serious. He sold his Oh yeah, I think I saw yeah. that. KB, did you see that? You went to Alaba yeah. markets. Yeah, went to Alaba. Yes. You know, and when he got there, yeah, his all the Alaba guys, you know, he used to sell pirated CDs. You know, yeah. so you know, oh, we've got to see these all that. Uh, you know, and then he took the CDs and was smashing them because they were pirated CDs. And it, it, they couldn't understand why he was smashing them. But yeah, you're bootlegging bros music, so you know. For so, yeah. I didn't, yep. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was crazy. Cruise you. Uh, it was a crazy time. Ah, is 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 Zobo? Is they cruise you? Is <laughs> Zobo? Where did DMX come tonight? I, I was like, <laughs> wait, I, I think that. Like, yeah, came to Nigeria. A lot of the, literally everybody had come to Nigeria. So X was in Nigeria. Jay Z was in Nigeria twice. Yeah, I know Jay Z. Jay Z in Nigeria. Beyonce. Rick yeah. Ross. Rick Ross. Wait, can we, can we backtrack? 
this this DMX story about Alapa is actually it's not true. A hundred percent true. So it's you what? that is evil. It's you that is bubbled. I don't <laughs> like, know. I, I don't believe it. I I'm telling you. I'm telling you facts. Like I'm telling you hundred percent facts. Yeah. So I went to came to Nigeria too. So he, he literally went around a lot like that because they were they were huge, and you know they they actually enjoyed getting in touch with the fans and with the people. So yeah, mm-hmm. all that really happened. Yeah. So um. Most people met DMX music-wise from um, Rough Riders Anthem. And I remember I used to mime yeah. that in school, but in secondary school. Um, but before that song dropped, I because I, I was a hip-hop head, I was already a huge fan because there was a song yeah. called 4321 by LL Cool J. Yeah. So it featured DMX, Method Man, Red Man, and a young buck called Cadibus. And you know, it was an amazing that's, that's a heavy lineup, bro. Man, that's a heavy lineup. nuts. Like these guys were crazy. <laughs> uh so and it's like exactly it was like it was like the best of the best, literally just coming to just kill it. And DMX was mm-hmm. still kind of new then, but it was it was fire. The next in DMX was on other people's songs, and everybody's song he was on, it was killing it. There was a song called Money Power Respect by the Locks. Yeah. Money Power Respect, what you need in life. Money, power, respect is the key to life. The chorus was done by Little Kim, so they left. They left oh, okay. DMX to do the last verse, and bro, when it was done, everybody was like, "Okay, this dude is about this to." Man, just this man means business. more. In fact, interestingly, um, he was like X was talking about that period. So the locks were signed to Bad Boy, that's Diddy's label, and mm-hmm. they told Diddy to sign. DMX because it was your guy. Uh, yeah. It was Mary J. Blige that actually introduced the locks to Diddy as a favor because Mary J. Blige was discovered by Diddy when he was an intern. Yeah. So Diddy told DMX, I'm sorry, but your music and your style cannot sell. Ah. Yep. I so wait, so wait, um, Diddy passed on the opportunity to sign DMX. Yep. Yes, he did. Yep. And crazily. Like a few months before his dark and hell is hot, um, his first album dropped. Did he now try to sign him for three times the amount he was signed? Yeah, I think I also saw that. Um, Shug Knights, what's that one? Death Row, they tried to sign him as well, but he was like, nah, they started their own label as well. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, interestingly, um, the guys who signed him, who signed DMX to D and Wadin, that was their names. And they, when they were creating the album, the first album, 10 of the songs were produced by a guy called Dame Grease. Some of the songs were produced by some bad boy producers, all that jazz. Then there was a 15 yeah. year old nephew of D and Wadin who used to dabble mm-hmm. into making beats. His name was Kasim Dean. And so Kasim mm-hmm. Dean, you know him today as Swiss Beats. Really? Yeah, lie. So that Someone was like, yeah. oh, like, check on Swiss Beats. He must be going through it on Twitter. Yeah. So Swiss oh, wow. made Rough Riders when he was 15 wow. years old. At 15? Yeah. At that 15. is um, P-Prime. P- P-Prime teens. P-Prime way. <laughs> P-Prime teens. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that's, wow, that's crazy, cool, though. though. Well, R.I.P. DMX. Um, R.I.P., man. Guy, the only rapper alive, the only rapper to have released two albums in a year when he was alive in the same year and both albums were number one. Mm-hmm. On ah, did Future, Future, Future did that now? 
featuring him did his first two albums. He did albums no. later on. Wasn't his oh, first Oh, two you mean first yeah, two? First oh, okay, okay. But I know, yeah, I know he did Hendrix album. and um, Collection or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. But there was even the story so, of how like DMX's album saved like Def Jam. And literally, like DMX was or... at the point. DMX was carrying everybody. DMX had his first five albums debuted at number one. First five albums. And his first five albums all, all were multi-platinum selling, all of them. And it was crazier because he did it at a time when, you know, thanks to Bad Boy, 70% of the music on, on radio in America was Bad Boy. But Bad Boy were all, you know, dancey, party, They're happy songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then next thing, this guy comes in and he's growling and, you know, being literally the hardest nigga alive. And he's just <laughs> Crazy, bro! It was mad. Yeah, people, people, people definitely loved him. People definitely like, loved yeah. him. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking X of songs that passed away, that people probably did not show as much love. Oh, <laughs> not show as much, but people did not love is um, um. How did I even say his name? Is your aunt's people, Prince Philip? I don't like yeah. to say his name. Yeah, yeah. it's is your so aunt's people. It's <laughs> your aunt's people. So someone tweeted that um. Prince, Please, Prince, wait, Prince. wait, wait. Please, all um disclaimer, all opinions and statements made are not in reflection of uh, individuals because I'm the one that lives in England. People can come and look for me. But yes, you can carry on with your statements. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's a tweet now. Someone tweeted ah, okay, I'm just, well. I'm just I saw a tweet and I'm saying it. I'm not supposed to be talking. Before they will deny me visa too. Let me ah. just say that. It's not me that said it too. It's not me that said it. Uh, someone said that um, he... <laughs> you know when your phone is on one piece and you open Snapchat? <laughs> that is what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was rude. That was my... That was mad rude. I was just seeing bare yeah. memes on that day. The funniest, I was like, oh. one, the funniest one that I saw on Twitter.com, please go and <laughs> direct your issues at Jack and not me, was the one of, um, he, apparently if he had made it to 100, it would have been a bank holiday, which I know is, is false, but like, just to run with the story now. And then they put the video, someone then put the video of, wake up, little nigga. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. Wake no. up. Of, um, of power, Abby. No. Yes. Uh, people are so fucking rude on Twitter. People are rude. The internet is rude. It's actually Twitter is wild. Somebody, somebody, somebody said that, I hope my university will understand that his passing is a very traumatic thing for me that I won't be able to do my assignments this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to No problem. You better live to be 100 <laughs> yourself. To regret what will happen to you if you don't do that assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, but, I mean, rest in peace. But he was still a bad man, sure. And not bad man, as in like a bad man, but like he's a bad man, like he did bad things. That's yes, we know. Yeah. We know what it means to be bad, Toby. Yes. No, but you can say, you know how I say, oh, I'm bad. Like you can chat to me. I'm bad. Not that kind of bad. That's what I have to say. He's not a bad guy. He's a, not a bad guy. bad guy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess. I yep. guess. I guess. I guess. Yep. I guess. I guess. But yeah, it's it's question time. Answer time. Question time. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we did speak about in the intro. KP spoke about you um, doing the cover of the cover of Twice as Tall and the comic as as well. How did you come up with the idea for the cover, and also how did you get into writing comics as well? Okay. Um. First, growing up, I thought all I ever was going to do in my life was write comic books or actually draw comic books. 
So I actually yeah. could draw before I could write. Funny enough. Oh. Yeah. So like from what age did you start like three years like old? Making comics. Oh, wow. So I started drawing at three. Yes, I started drawing at three. What happened was my sister, oh. elder sister, was six. And mm-hmm. my uncle studied architecture. So when he would come around, he'll follow her to, you know, teach her how to draw three-dimensional figures. You know, mm-hmm. always how to draw a table, all those things. And she was six, so of course she would grasp all that. Um I was three, but I used to watch two of them and enjoy what they were doing and just draw it myself watching them. So this was before everybody had, you know, said, saying, oh, it's time for you to learn anything. And it helped, actually, because I was left-handed. Hmm. Right for oh. me. Yeah. So because I already started doing it without anybody supervising, it meant I could advance without anybody saying, oh, no, use your right hand. Hmm. So... When I started learning to write, you know, when my mom, my mom was my first teacher. So she taught me to write ABCs and all that. And we gave me the, the book was did called she, The Queen Primer. Did she used to like, um, I, I know that there's a thing that Nigerian families like enforce that if you're left-handed, they try to make you start writing with your right hand. Yeah. I, 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 I'm so, not really sure about, but I've heard people complain that, you know, their parents, like, kind of forced them into switching to writing with their right hand or something yeah. like that. Yes, a lot of parents did that. So my story, I think I was pretty fortunate. Um, yeah. I remember the first day I was, and yeah, I, I have interesting memory. I can remember the, the most, you know, obsolete stuff. Random so piece. I was, yes, I was like four years old at the time. So she was teaching me, teaching mm-hmm. me how to write ABC. And I, I know how to write it. And she was like, okay, write it. So she gives me the the pencil. And I write it. She's like, very good. You know, write B. I write it. Then she, but she, I can see she's looking at me funny. And then she says, no, write it. She now takes the, the pencil and puts it in my right hand. I says, write yeah. it. I look at her and I put it in my left hand and I write it again. I, I just wrote it. <laughs> I don't get what was going on, of course. You know, but I could see she was disturbed with the mm. with proceedings. So that day, my dad came home, and he came home with the Queen Primer book. Queen Primer were these mm. books for learning, teaching kids how to read and write from a young age. So is they were it, like, "Is it yeah. that like um, I know that book is the nursery is like nursery, kind of like nursery rhymes." Right? Yes, yellow. Yes, yeah. it's yellow covers. Yeah, yellow. So the book that you see, the cat, the fat cat. The fat cat yes. sang. The fat the cat, cat, cat sang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the book. Yes, I I'm go up. Up I go. I Do I go one. up? Yes, yeah. No, trust yeah, me, you I are know, that young. That, that book is that old. Maybe, that book is like a maybe, legacy. Maybe that, <laughs> that book, maybe I mean, that. I, I'm almost certain my parents use that book. You know, so maybe maybe, maybe that's why I don't know English. Oh. I don't know this book that you people are talking about. Oh. Maybe that is why. Today, today Zikoko did, you know those Zikoko quiz thingies? I did one. They said spell, let's see if you can spell properly. Ten questions or ten words. I got through about ten. Everyone has been laughing Omo. at me since. I'm like, Omo. <laughs> like, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> if I did that quiz, I'd be like, all I know is that you don't need English to go to heaven. That's what that matters to me. Facts. English is, Facts. Not, English is not the issue. Facts. Hallelujah, it's not even English anyway, so. <laughs> you get me. You get me. <laughs> I'm dead. But back yeah. to the, um, the yeah. So it, yeah. So I, my dad came home with one of the books, and I and he gave it to me. And I'm like, thank you. And then my mom says to him, "Ongonya kikba." 
In mm. English, that means he's left-handed. And my dad looks mm. at me and I'm like, hmm. Then he shrugs and says, okay, and walks in. And that's the end of that. That's how I stayed left-handed. So your dad, like, he, he was not child, but like, that was not a big deal. Like, yeah, wow. like, no biggie. Like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's how it, the, the matter died. And that's how I imagined. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was a great thing because if I'd moved, I'm sure if I'd been, if they had made me switch hands, there's no way I would have been half as adept, you know, at artistic stuff as I am now. In other words, he would not have achieved greatness as much as I'm much greatness. telling you. My greatness might have been something else, but you will not be sure all these things. <laughs> but at three, wow, God they share talent too. Please, I'm still trying oh, to harness let me my not talents lie. that God gave Everybody me. has it. The thing is, most people are not looking out for it. You know, at that age, I, I'm just talking about talent. We're always thinking of talent in certain things. I think of you as either mm. a singer, a writer, an artist. Almost talent is in anything and everything. So if you it's, find out that that kid is literally able to understand certain things that most people should, don't you know get till they're six seven that kid has a talent for it so maybe you should check it out i noticed my son at two so like the jay-z song is playing the beat is just on and i'm playing beat. he's counting perfectly to beat producer what? way producer more, way I'm, i was two and he yes he was he's three now he was two at the time and my, wow. I was thinking it was just me, but everybody was in the room. I'm like, are you, you see what's going on? I'm like, yeah. Okay. You know, so people have it, but you know, if you're not paying attention, it's just going to pass by. And too many times that's what happens. Or parents are like, oh, stop that rough play. Or, you know, don't do that. You see a kid jumping in certain manners. Oh, stop jumping. Meanwhile, maybe that kid was meant to be a freaking gymnast. I mean, so. Mm. It's, it's very, it's very crazy how um parents unknowingly, like stunts the growth of you know their creative yeah. like their kids creativity because of like just oh you're using your left hand no switch to right or this or that i, I funny so, enough like i have a i have an exhibition that i do it's called the alfama expression and the theme for 2019 i couldn't do it last year obviously because of covid but the theme of 2019 was that there's creativity in everything and i i truly believe that everyone is a creative in their own right like i feel yeah. like many people just think oh when you say you're creative it means you're an artist or you are a painter or you are this or like just like really popular things but i'm like bro i see people doing makeup i think that makeup has a level of creativity because i'm not if you give me what they call that if i bro pencil um i can't do it if I go to make, I will still not be able to do it. There's no amount of learning. I used to paint before. I don't know how to paint. I don't know how to draw. But let like us say I'm not a creative. Like obviously there are some things that I'm good at. Toby likes to say I'm not a creative. I'm not a creative. I'm, I'm not I said, do you think it's easy to hop up on the mic every two weeks and like record and uh, talk and do, like I feel like everybody has that one thing that you know it's not it's not everybody that's gonna be an artist. It's not everybody that will be able to sing. It's not everybody that will be able to draw or be as talented as Chuka. But you know everybody has their own. Your own lane, you get me. So, would you say your parents were in support of you going into yeah, the creative I, industry? Sure. Absolutely. Like I will say that I so I survived Nigeria's wahala when it comes to creativity because of my parents. So, um, when the Twice as Tall album won the Grammy, um, I, I put up something on Twitter um, where I said, 
my dad called me actually. So called me maybe like two, three days after I'd won, the Grammy had been won, and he was like, hey, I I heard that 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 boy that you did album cover for one Grammy. <laughs> That boy. <laughs> he called boy. <laughs> but that's actually funny because boy is in his name. Is in his name? That's funny. He was with me. Eh. I said, yes. I said, yes. said uh, congratulations. I'm proud of you. I said, thank you, sir. Then he says, eh, eh, what's that other boy that won? So, so <laughs> oh, as my whiskey. Yes. Really... <laughs> yeah. So, ah, he should, yeah, have, he should have kept up. Well. He should have kept up and, and called him kid. Now, what about the kid that won? You know, I just double, finished it. double, <laughs> <laughs> double on turn. You know, so you get me. Yeah, he was not like what I want from you now is for you and your friends to come to the house and be drawing at at the table at my table like you used to do back in the day. Oh, so that's so cute. Yeah, and it meant a lot. And then him and my mom started reeling out all the names of my friends that like, come to the house to draw. They do not miss one. They get a remember all of them. Wow. You know. So and it, it was an interesting time for me because they knew I didn't used to have a lot. I didn't used to have friends. I was a loner kind of person. So mm. the first time I had friends, friends that you know they knew these of my people were in. I was just about to finish secondary school. And I met these guys who could draw better than me. And I banded with them. Mm-hmm. So my parents made, it, made them come to the house. And once we finished um, secondary school, that, that pause between secondary school and uni was a long one for most of us. So we used to meet four times a week just to draw. And two of those times were in my house. And we didn't grow up rich at all. Like Life was not easy in any shape, form, or manner. There were times when we were super broke food was hard to get but my parents will make sure that whenever they come around at the worst we'll borrow money to drink to find them gary and granola to drink and we'll all drink it together so yeah so that's all we're we're literally family you know and all these guys we remained friends throughout when i we started rapping it was the same guys i was drawing with i was rapping with when Mm -hmm. they all went to uni and came uh, went to separate universities we still came back and we still meet so it's the same bond and yeah. those guys, as we speak, are creative directors too in different companies. When I was in the Twice as Tall cover, wow. I actually called, it was one of them that actually did the, the inks for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like pulling on my friendships from, from forever. And interestingly, on, yes. on Easter Sunday, we actually came to the house and did what he said. So we came and we all drew all over the area. So it was... Yeah, you just surprise them. Just I, I love, I love, I love memories like that. It's just cute stuff, you know. Yeah, those we we really thought we were going to be the guys to like bring. You know, we're going to be like Nigerians own Nigerians own Marvel or DC. Like I can show you stuff yeah. we drew when I was a teenager. They are still mind blowing till today. But we didn't have resources. We didn't yeah. have money. Nothing, you know. So we just found other ways of you know using our creativity to express ourselves and. Make some money and not die of starvation, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think we've done yeah. pretty well for ourselves. We all wanted to be comic That's... book artists and writers, but now we write comic books still, like I do other stuff. as well. Yeah, exactly. Write ads. That's how. That's the same skills. The all the Airtel, Airtel ads you guys see are written by those some of my guys yeah. that I grew up with. Hmm. All those, stuff. yeah. Crazy. So it was the same thing. Yeah. Crazy. 
Speaking of, you know, the Grammys and Bernard Boy and Twice as Tall, how does it feel to be part of that accomplishment? Man, you know, it's, it feels like... I won't, it's not validation, it's confirmation. Mm-hmm. So, mm. in 2012, okay, in 2011, I bought the first car I ever bought, but I bought it for my dad. And... Then in 2012, I bought another car, and I remember that I didn't know how to drive, but I bought the car. But my younger brother knew how to drive. Yeah, so he drove me to work that day, and I had burned a CD. It had only one song on it, and we played that CD <gasps> from Shomulu to VI, where I was working, on that drive to work. And was it, it was boys like to party? Oh, <laughs> wow. I heard I'd heard this guy. I heard him, you know. I, he had he had songs before then. He had a big, a big, beautiful song. He had Freedom Freestyle, mm. which is a monster. Like that's one of the best Hi. written songs, you know. But I'm like when I heard him, like, yeah, this boy, he's the one. And I kept saying he's the one, he's the one. Then in 2018, I, I had tweeted. That so we are on to the twelfth edition of the Headies, and Burner Boy, mm-hmm. despite giving Nigeria her largest chunk of Grammy level music, still doesn't have a single one. Nigeria manifestation. Mm. I've been telling people this week: manifest what you want. It will mm. come through as long as the stars align and it's meant for you. Manifest, claim what you I want. Can't lie. Say, manifestation I want is this. manifestation is real. It might not. It might not. It might not manifest the way you manifested it too. But but it will always link back. Is that not Adi? Is that not it Sends me money. See now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> someone just come and give me money. I'm screaming. And it's crazy because me and KP, we've manifested things for this pod. Like, I remember some of these guests, like, KP was like, oh, like, let's get them. Let's get them. Like, let me reach out to them. And me, I don't like when people aim me. And I was like, chill, chill. Like, what, what, what are they going to do for us? And funny enough, they came and they were on the pod already. And it's like, manifestation. Just say what you want out there. And it will actually happen. We, we, we also have a long lineup. So, you know. Yeah, what's a very powerful? Yeah, what's a very powerful? So I, speak, speak, when I said that, wait, the chica, chica, sorry, can, can I ask you a question before you continue? Sure. Speaking of manifestation, let me go a little bit mystical. Um, okay. do you believe in like star signs and astrology and things like that? Okay. Um, <laughs> this is what I, this is what I honestly believe. I think that they are not. Um, things to be discounted because for them to have stood the test of time and be discussed and studied for literally all of mankind's time, there is power in them. However, I also know that the the most power is in what you give power. Mm. So if you are so fixated on stuff you stop having power over it and it has power over you. And that is the problem with, you know, star science and astrology. I studied a lot of Greek mythology back in the day. So I, you know, have a little bit of knowledge about these, um, the star science and alliance, but I do not believe in them. And worse, because people naturally always look for something 
to blame or look for something to hold responsible for their own actions. So, yes, facts. zero accountability is not my fault. Facts. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I'm a Pisces. We know them. Oh, it's my nature. I'm a Libra. No, you're just a bad human being. Oh, no, you're just an ass. Oh, no, you're just dumb. Oh, no, you just refuse. So, no. Please, I don't care what Mercury. style. style, style, style. They'll, say, they'll, say, they'll say, they'll say, they'll say, Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, <laughs> because look, I like how Kanye West put it. He said, "I looked up to the sky and I changed my stars." Hmm. So hmm. while you're busy being held to, oh, it's because this you now read some stupid horoscope and they now tell you, oh, this what happened to you today. Oh, eh. no, it doesn't happen to you. Like, oh, oh, I did what you know, help me align. Shut up. Now, <laughs> look at the TEDx talk, who, and this was perfect. She said that um, they made some, for some dumb reason, which she cannot explain, um, they got her birth dates wrong. Mm-hmm. So she lived a long part of her life, you know, with the wrong birth date. And so she had the wrong oh. star. And she read out her horoscope <laughs> and they were like, oh, that's so me. Oh, that's so <laughs> me. And then later, when she found out what her real bed date was, and then they showed it like, oh, that's also so me. Mm. You're right, bed <laughs> dates, you're wrong, are both you. So guess what? The issue is not know. the horoscope. It's multi-dynamic now. <laughs> So trust me, dynamic. everybody is good. Anybody can be under any star and be what they want to be. The question is, what are you going to be? Are you going to be what the star said they're going to be? Or are you going to determine what your star is? Hmm. Word, 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 word. I like that. I like wow. that. But I, are you, are you, let me, let me try and guess. Are you a Gemini? No, I'm not a Gemini. See? Yeah, I'm <laughs> dead. yeah, 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 yeah. He's a gem. Nope. No, no, no. It's yeah, Taurus. Nope. I, yeah, Libra. Oh my, this guy just calling all of them now. As yeah, it's Sagittarius. Yeah, it's Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Is everything. You have to call them. I've not called everything. I've okay, not called. But them anyway, yeah, it's Sagittarius. According to the people who put these things, I would be either the. You say I'm a cross. I'm in the center or in between a Libra and a Scorpio. Last time I checked. Libra, I was a Libra. Then I find that they, they say, "Oh no, something has shifted." So I'm oh, like, "No, no, 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 no! It doesn't shift. No, it doesn't shift." No, it doesn't shift. shift. It's, it's, ah, it's, there was a the time when they were supposed to was the time you were sitting there. It doesn't shift. It doesn't shift. So you're 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 a Libra now. Is if you were born like 2020 or 2021, these star signs have changed. So if you thought, oh, you see now, that's a shift now. Was she a paradigm? I'm dead. Yeah, I shall don't know all those moon rising, sun falling, sunset. Oh, so I don't know those. So. I think three days too complicated only... for me. In Lagos, there's no star, there's no moon, self. So yeah, it doesn't affect Lagosians. I think it's no. I think the only star sign I can tell is Leo's, and just because Leo's just think they are the shit. Like they just think oh, the if there is one star sign that I dislike is Leo. How good? Oh, they always just think oh <laughs> yes, I'm the shit. Like nigga, it's me. Without me, nothing is moving. I think oh yeah. Are no, you no, looking no, at what, what, what time of the year is Leo? 
So it's like August, so July 22nd to August 23 or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 have some, I have some news that I love, Sha. I know I love I love Leos, but um, when they when they when they are in their bag when they are talking about themselves, you just want to drag out your eyebrow like, shut up, like, shut up. <laughs> like I get it, okay, we get it. You're 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 that nigga. Relax, but okay. But yeah, speaking on Burner Boy, um, I just I've I've always said something, and I want you to please comment on it. The love and hate yeah. relationship that Nigerians have with Burner Boy is the funniest thing ever <laughs> like once he's done good is oh but i but then when he's done something somewhat questionable is oh that nigga fuck him like who the fuck does he think he is and i know you're a huge brother fan like i've been seeing it on the tl you've been yep. you've been even talking about it here as well um please can you comment on that love and hate relationship please okay so nigeria and i've said this before Nigeria is a country where people place perceived um, humility. There is false false humility is placed over competence. So Nigeria is a country that will give you a job because they thought you are a very humble, nice young man, even though you don't know how to do jack. Then give it to the guy (laughs) who is the expert at it because he's he's perceived to be arrogant. Mm-hmm. And he knows his worth. He knows his worth. He's already known. We don't want him. So, Burner Boy is that dude who will not, um, you know, he will not cow. Yes. He's not going to pander to anybody, you know. And that's a problem. Once you can't do that, once you can't bow to the people who need you to bow, or, you know, you are going to have problems in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And those are the reasons why I honestly believe he didn't win any heady for that long. You know, I mean, he won a, he won the Grammy for Twice the Store, but Twice the Store didn't even get nominated. Wow, by the, <laughs> yes. You know, so they will continue to come for Burner. And I've said this many times. I've said as long as Burner Boy is a Nigerian, he's not going to ever be seen to be on the level of David Doe and Whiskey in Nigeria because Nigerians are looking for something completely different. Burner Boy is not, he's not making music for Nigerians. He's making music full stop. We're just, mm. in my opinion, we're just fortunate that Burner Boy just happens to be a Nigerian. He could have been from anywhere else. Because... Just by chance. Just by, literally. That's just what it is. Because when Burner Boy hops on a rock song, he might as well be a foreigner. When he hops on a, on a dance hall song, he might as well be a Jamaican. You know, so he's that guy. And... Because this guy is not prove, yes, because this guy is not going to you know act in certain manners to certain people because he's not going to continue. He's going to be a rock star in the true sense of the word. And he sang a song as far back as 2015, saying he was a rock star. Believe him, he's a rock star. Many people need to understand what rock stars do. And the, we're talking about people like Queen. We're talking about people like Aerosmith. So we're talking about these guys who will they will drive cars into houses. They will literally leave. You know, that kind of mad life. People don't understand that Fella was a rock star. Fella used to... Fella was signed to a label, oh, EMI. The EMI, not, not in Nigeria, EMI Records Worldwide. And he was having issues with, you know, his production of the label. Fella went to the label office 
this is in the 80s, went to the label office and started throwing a tantrum and was throwing typewriters from the top floor. What? Fella yes. is a madman, though. Forget. Fella is a madman. I, I'm, I've not started being but so, like my friend has been sorry my friend has been sending me like screenshots of like certain like paragraphs of things fella did and fella is a bad man i'm so confi- i'm so sorry like people that think fella is calm he's all oh, protesting like no fella did, is, mad. Does that, is there any human being this was that thinks that fella was calm i don't ah, think people so think fella is calm, but yeah <laughs> sorry carry on carry on with the fella story so that's who fella was they shouldn't act like you know they shouldn't paint him as something that he was not He's a fella was an amazing guy, amazing musician, but fella is the guy with 27 wives. You know? So <laughs> it is who he is. Enjoy it. Know it. Understand it. Now you want Burner Boy to be fella, but you don't even know who fella is. Hmm. So they should let they should just understand that look, this dude is a once in a generation talent who happens to be a Nigerian. You can see cold when he was when, uh, the, the night before Twice as Tall dropped. There was a tweet by Coldplay: "Burner Boy is king." Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Coldplay! This is Coldplay talking. They don't owe him a tweet. They don't owe him, owe him anything. He did a song with them. If anything, he should be grateful that he has Coldplay yeah, on his song. But Coldplay tweets: "Burner Boy is king." I don't think. People understand, you know, and it's understandable. Prophet is not known in his hometown. And I've and I'm, I was going to tweet this. Um, I can almost bet that Bernard Boy is going to win more Grammys and more international awards, and he will win local awards. Let's go. He he got he got nominated for what's the name of that award? Like um, for the Brits, yes, the Brits, yes. Brits yeah. yeah, for best yes. international or something. Yes. He's going to win more international and Grammy awards than he will win any local award. That tells you a lot. For foreigners and outsiders to celebrate your music that you made in your home more than your people, it says a lot. I'm just, I'm just going to giggle at the fact that he said outsiders, but he did not mean his fan base. <laughs> <laughs> Mad. <laughs> Yo, you know I thought his fan base oh my god like that fella story of the one in the record in the label i didn't even i've never heard that story i think the only person i know that has gone to para for their label is ice cube aha yes my guy messed up the guy's office so oh my god i i love i love what you just said toby um so check out um this is a two-part question. So I've always said that I really hate the way history in Nigeria has been or was documented, especially mm-hmm. in the arts, media, and everything. So yeah. obviously, Toby and I are like young, you know, we are, yeah. we're not alive in the 90s, 80s, so we don't know. So anything that happened then, and the only way we can know is through research, like watching films, watching yes. documentaries and things like that. And it was only recently documentary started like coming out about it. Yeah, from the, the country. Documentary, and um, yes. street said that um, Chuka, that you you are working on your own documentary. Wink, wink. Is that, <laughs> that, was, that was street So there is a documentary. Okay. Nah, it's a documentary by Ayoshunaya called Afrobeats: yeah. The Backstory. Brilliant, and 
Yes. I think people can yeah, people can take that to the bank. Well, aside aside that street. I'm writing you I'm writing a, a book. You're right. Oh, it's a book. Oh, sorry. Yes. I'm writing a book. And my book is yeah, is literally like, you know, the backstory of, you know, how everything happens. The book is actually called BTS. You know, so mm-hmm. um you want you want you want the BTS fans to come for K-pop. you. K pop. <laughs> I want them to come now. They read the book by book. No K pop. <laughs> you don't want K-pop. Who is that guy? Is he lighter than so far? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm don't play with sorry, K-pop, KP. Style. KP, I interrupted you. You were saying yeah, so, and everything. Oh yeah, so um I just basically don't like the way it used to be documented. So I've had conversations with Toby and with a bunch of people about how like people in this generation, what we could do to document make sure that at this era we are documenting things properly. Um, what do you think can be done, like as a like as a, as an OG? What do you think you've seen along the years about how the industry is and things that can be done to make sure that you know things are being documented properly? Like Burner Boy just won a Grammy. I don't think a lot of noise is being made in that. Like in Nigeria, I, yeah, in Nigeria, yeah. I feel like if if you go down the streets in any random place and say how many Nigerians have won Grammys. I don't think a lot of people would be like, oh, Burner Boy just won a Grammy. Maybe yeah. maybe to a lot of people, it's not a big deal. But to me, <laughs> that is a, he won it's a, a huge whole, deal. Do you know what a Grammy Literally. is? Do you know what a Grammy yeah. is? I mean, you know that's, the, that's the height. There's no bigger music award in the world. None. Literally none. Yep. You know, so yeah, I think the biggest issue with Nigeria has been always a sense of value and what is happening you know in our inability to document things that matter is only a symptom of that main sickness so if you don't value stuff it won't come to your mind to understand you need how much you need to document it so nigeria has literally been running on vibes and inshallah forever (laughs) so if you think about it if you say you want to just check and get um documentation movies whatever from the 60s you will you will be stressed out to get anything same for the 70s same for the 80s same for the 90s even for the 2000s hi you know, like that is just madness. Really, it is madness. Any other country, the US, UK, I'm sure they've stored literally all the shows they are, they, are, they, they grew up on, all the documentaries. All I'm sure they, they can pull it out at you know at, at the drop of a hat of the archives. Even now, yeah. yes, and even now that they can, you know, every archive you have can be digitized. Even better. Look at when they were pulling out stuff for like Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. They pulled out the video and they made the video a 1080p video. They literally made it a HD video. Something that was, sh- you know, like, bro, I'm sure we can't find where those, we don't even have those tapes anymore. You know, we we don't care, yes. and it's just, just the same time. We don't someone, value stuff. 
Yeah, so I was asking yeah. someone why do, why don't artists like uh, artists now re- remaster stuff because this classic album that everyone always seems to rave about when I listen to it it's always like oh my god it noises going on oh, like you. it's giving me so much headache and I will say the al- album on here superstar as much as you yes. for the album the cultural impact I admit it but yes. more, every time but I go back and listen to it my poor. head. And yeah. that's why people and I asked the question why why don't they remaster their like their stuff to like to fit what is can't find now. it. And so I said they, they cannot find the MP3 file that where the beat our drive has lost. <laughs> What's so, the GR drive? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad made me realize the death album, nineteen ninety four. they released the remastered version. I when I was done in yeah. nineteen ninety four. Like I've been like Meanwhile, the yeah, meanwhile. That album wasn't probably wasn't done on computers. It was probably done on eight tracks, eight that's all those things. You you did the entire album in a time when you were using four gig RAM, eight gig RAM, and you can't even document that. But it's still just a symptom. We don't value stuff. Nigeria doesn't value life in the beginning. Let's start from the top. If you can't value life, if people die left and right. If people die in hospitals and, and, you know, nurses can walk by and see the people dying and be all right with it. If people can be dying, if, you know, in the in droves in the north, with, you know, from from insurgency, and if we just take it lightly, if people can be dying in southern Kaduna and people are still discussing politics with these things, if the, and life doesn't mean anything, if life doesn't mean anything, how can a hard drive, how can music and the quality of the music mean anything to people? It can't. The only reason Trump lost the election, the only reason Trump lost the election last year was because due to the lackadaisical nature or or, or attitude towards COVID, people were dying in droves. That is why he lost the election. The economy was doing fine until COVID hit. Mm. And he would have sailed through because he still had 75 million votes and literally, he lost the elections because of the effects of COVID, especially the fact that lives were lost in droves. In Nigeria, life being lost means nothing. You see dead bodies on the road and people walk past. You know, if, you mean, if life means nothing, the other joys of life will mean nothing. If a human life can mean nothing, what would the people... What, what value do you think they were going to put towards an intangible, like remastering a song? It's a different case when you're discussing stuff like, um, okay, cars, you know, clothes, things that they can see directly, they can yeah. put value on. But the other things that have far more value that are intangible, they cannot see, they cannot care about it. Imagine Nigerians going to the museum just for museum's sake. It doesn't happen. <laughs> because well, they well, did that not... museum, man, it gets as it be. Last time I was there, I said, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that's, that's the nature. Meanwhile, Jay-Z and Nas are shooting videos at art galleries and museums. You know, yep. so... If you do not value, if there's a value problem right from the top, it will trickle down to everything, and that's the problem with Nigeria. But do you think? Do you think it could also be a generation thing? Like, okay, for example, with me, I've I would like to say that I've tried a lot of creative things in my short life. Media cartel. 
thank you <laughs> and one thing that i know i'm very intentional about is documenting my stuff and keeping them i have like two hard drives i can say okay let me go and check the design i did in 2017 i will find it i will even find the psd file like that is not something i was taught that is not it's just something like oh i did that that is my work why would i not keep yeah. it so like let's say let's say in 10 years when i've blown blown and they're doing my documentary or my biopic i can give you footage i can give you things to work with so like do you think it could be because i know i watched don jazzy's interview with Ibuka on um bounce radio and i yes. wasn't really following what exactly he said but he said something about them that there are a couple of tracks that have come out from his camp that were mm-hmm. hits and were not they were like mono tracks like as far they were yes. not mixed and mastered as far yeah i don't want to say the name of it. I, I, was it adobe or um Dorubuchi? one of those big songs no, i really he, like adobe I can't, I think it was the one of, or Godwin, one of those songs. He said that it was a mono track as but it wasn't mixed and mastered. So like could that also be like a generational thing? Like, okay, maybe like people in those in those ends, like they just be like, I beg, just drop this shit and then maybe like younger people are more deliberate. Look at Santi, for example. Santi, every project he drops, you can see like you can see like the things around you. Look at how he's the, doing the this. Rollouts, the rollout. Yeah. Look how he's working on this current album. And like there's a comic book coming with it. Look at Mandia the jungle. Look at all the Ote guys. You see that they are very intentional with documenting things, like even with their videos and things like yeah. that. So what do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think it could be like a generational thing? Yes. So I think that this generation, right, of the more I won't say educated, but enlightened ones understand and can be that change the the issue they have or the responsibility that the onus that is on them is now to find ways to infect the not so enlightened of their generation to have the same mentality so that there is growth in it if not it will be it will be very frustrating but yes, you can do your part and hope others do theirs. But the more it will be more powerful if, as you do your part, you cause people to have that consciousness that this is how to go, and then that's how we will grow out of the rot that we have been in. I do not think is a better equipped or better suited generation to do this than your generation, because mm-hmm. when you think of the fact that you guys were born first of all without the idea of thinking on shackles of military rule you guys are born <laughs> internet natives is all this is important so you, you you're, you're not you're not you're not caught there's a mindset that comes with old nigeria you guys didn't are not caught in it so that fact is very powerful it's like you're the, they're the first truly liberated generation out of nigeria the first mm. so once you guys understand that and run with it and do not leave the ones behind that are from a generation, but do not have that understanding. That is the way to go. I, I don't know who it was. I was doing one. I won't call it. A, it was like he did a video though. But and what he said was so enlightening and true. He said there are two types of Nigerian young Nigerian youth right now: the ones who know what is right and what is to be done and are doing it, are moving towards doing it, and those who are completely clueless and are still ready and able willing pawns in the hands of the old ones 
who want mm. to keep things mm. the way they were. They do not know better. They have not known better. So they need to learn. And that is why Nigeria intentionally, perpetually keeps so many children out of school. Because yeah. you need food soldiers for your BS. So if those people can be enlightened, they will be less you know, susceptible to becoming you know, willing tools who just need to eat. And just once you just give them a good word or speak to them nice and put some money in their hands, they will do whatever for you. We need to save those ones from that being their own destiny too. It make, it def- I definitely do agree with you. It definitely starts with us in this uh, millenn- millennials, no, Gen Z, the Gen, Gen Z, Z to, to start um, putting conscious effort into documenting these kinds of things so that the problems don't just carry on of not knowing what happened then carried on into the future and i hope as gen z's if you're listening to this we we work together and you know we can document the stuff because like chuka said as long as not just one person like as much as kp is doing it let like other people as well do it so that maybe in the future you can go and form corporation and you know do documentary or whatever you guys want to do but yeah um moving on um chuka i want to call out somebody um the person on previous episodes chuka are you there i'm right here Okay, no, you're just very quiet. So I want to call out somebody. I want to table somebody's matter. The person in a previous episode said, "For me, what is an outlandish statement?" And okay, I think you're a very you're very knowledgeable on that on that end of or that industry or that spectrum, basically. And the person said, "I'll say no, be me. You want call out because all this grammar, they are uh-huh. grammar." If the shoe if the shoe fits, walk your damn walk, okay? Uh, so the person said, and let me, I don't know, should I say I'm quoting or paraphrasing? The person said, the person got correct okay. if I'm wrong, but the person said, Nigerian hip-hop is meat. Meat, yes. Meat, yes. Meat, M-I-D. M-I-D. Meat. Okay, okay. Please, okay. I, before we get into that, I just wanted to call that because that just brings us into like the next segment or, or next bit of questions we have for you. And let's just start with what okay. are your five top or favorite all-time Nigerian rappers? I know I'm not, probably not going to know half of them because I'm a young kid, <laughs> but it will still be nice to know. And maybe I can go and listen to some of their old stuff. But like all-time favorite five rappers and maybe some that are current so that me and Kipi can be part of the conversation. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um let me first address the mid um bit. Mm-hmm. I can understand Yeah, I can understand that thinking. Um the truth of the matter is there's almost no music that Nigeria will do that is not Nigerian originated that might sound the way people expect it to sound. What do so you mean by that? If so, if you're expecting Nigerian rappers to sound like certain people abroad, you'll be disappointed. It's the same way that if you expect Nigerian R&B to sound like certain people, you will be disappointed. But, Nigeria is ruling the world in many ways through Afrobeats because we make the rules when it comes to Afrobeats. Uh. Is a sound that we have complete, we we determined, we have Mm. control over. Now, um, 
I've listened to rappers in different languages, Nigerian, uh, and I feel, and I completely understand it because when I hear sending French rappers rap or when I hear Puerto Rican rappers, I feel like the English rappers are better, even though I can't hear what these guys are saying. I'm talking about, you know, the flow and the cadence, if I like it more. But when Fino dropped um, No Guts, No Glory, his first album, I can beat my chest and say that everything on that album could be on the level of any album anywhere, though it wasn't in English. Um, we of of late Nigerian rap has gone really under the radar. It's not. It, there was a time between between two thousand and nine and two thousand and twelve, two thousand and eight and two thousand and twelve, when it looked like Nigerian rap was going to really, you know, really, really go nuclear. But it didn't. It 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 went huge, and then somehow it just stalled. You know. Um, we would need to do a lot more work to get rap back in that space. And I think the only way to get it done, maybe only is wrong, the wrong statement, but I think the way to get it done is for us to stop trying to make um, rap seem like a niche thing. The biggest success in rap in Nigeria has been MI. Mm-hmm. And MI did it by incorporating the sounds that were prevalent with whom so from doing africa rapper number one with flavor for example to fast money fast cars with whiskey to action film with brimo so he it helped him carve out his own niche if you get what i mean but if we can get that thinking like we just need to understand that we're not we're not going to do it exactly how maybe somebody else does it. The only country that I think plus another key thing is if the culture of the society supports it, it will be a big deal. If it doesn't support it, so it won't right, be yeah. a big deal. Yes. So South Africa supports hip hop. As as far back as two thousand and three, South African rappers were selling gold and selling platinum in South Africa. Mm. And they were signed to major labels and they were shooting big budget videos. There was a group called Squatter Camp. Squatter Camp were seven guys, just like, you know, almost like the Wu-Tang Clan. And they were all signed and they were all making money and they were all doing well. So there was an industry that supported that kind of um, art. But in our own industry, where Literally, Afrobeat grew out of the stubborn nature of creative people. It didn't grow because there was a a living or ready um, um, industry. They created the market. LD the Don was the was the beginning of these things. He actually went to Alaba and, and made a deal with Tiju to start marketing CDs. He went to pirate to CD pirates and made them distributors. That's why Nigerian CDs were selling for 200 naira, 150, 100 naira, when the equivalent <laughs> was selling for 1,500, 2,000 naira. Because they were no original CDs, they were pirated CDs. But is it was is also those guys that very... used to hawk these yes. CDs in traffic. Yes. So, but it was a very good move because it was the only way to make the music affordable to Nigerians. Yeah. Then... Digital now came in first in the form of color tunes, which they're helping Nigerians make more money. So our industry is very different. 
And rap music is stuff that you want to, it's only a certain kind of people that want to listen to rap. People that want to hear stuff. So it's music really, really for cerebral people, if not intellectual people. For people that want to listen. Because rap is always oh, first cool. about, about exactly what you're saying. It's about what you're saying. It's not about if I can dance to it or not first. It's about what is he saying. So in a place where most people don't want to listen to anything, in a place where you, you put out one tweet on Twitter, and once you've put it out, it is a completely clear tweet. But people will not sit down and read it to understand before they respond with BS. You know? So is Nigeria in a place where... We know oh, them. <laughs> I love rice. Eh. So you don't like beans. What did beans ever do to you? You know? That's literally how people live. So if you're doing that, nobody's going to be listening to, your, to what you have to say. You know, so all those things are cultural issues that must, you know, be kind of dealt with before rap can actually blossom properly. If not, <clears throat> forget about rap from the main, um, from the main point of view, and look at it from a niche point of view. Certain people are rapping, and they don't expect to make money from it. They don't expect; they're just doing their thing, and they exist, and they're amazing guys. So they'll just be on the ground and they'll find something else they are doing that is making sure that they're keeping able to make ends meet. And they will keep doing that. So a guy like Poe is an amazing rapper. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. My goods. But My goods. look at look at Poe's trajectory. You can't say Poe is anywhere where he should have been. Because he's right. really good enough to be anywhere. Um look at YC. I thought YC was the one after MI. I'll say why. YC comes with a swag, ability to sing, ability to rap naturally and still do the type of music that everybody can relate to. But I think YC like was so... Exactly, like Jagaban, like Alaji, you know, mm. like too much juice, too much sauce. So he could make hits. Mm. But he was so, I think, conscious of how rappers end up. He kept saying, I'm not a rapper, I'm not a rapper. He was actually running away from being called a rapper. M was called a rapper. He accepted the term a rapper and was singing as well. He had songs on his albums, my notes, that was just singing. Yep. Which is fine because rappers have been singing from time immemorial. You know, so it's just that understanding that it's not one or the other. A lot of rappers today, they just want to stand on their own. It can't work. You need all the guys who we, we have a lot of respect for when they are creating their music, they have a lot of ENR going on. People scream about Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy as one of the greatest rap songs of all time. People forget that he refused to do that song. For he refused. Yes. He said, what kind of nonsense... Like he didn't want to do it. He said he's not touching <laughs> it. Like they are going to laugh at him on the streets to be rapping on... Uh, the name of the beat he was rapping to was a sample of a song called Apple Bonita. So he was... He was like, no, he can't do this. You know, and then Prophet was like, do you want to be, you know, that street rapper that everybody knows is dope and be broke all your life? Mm. It took a long time to agree. Rough Riders Anthem, Puff, um, DMX refused to record that song for over a week. Wow. He kept saying, no, I ain't gonna rap on these trash beats, you know? So, literally, literally, those were the, the, the songs they hated and the songs that made them monsters so Nigerian rappers need, need A&R 
just just like that. People that will come and say, "No, do this." You know, you it's not about rapping. Slow down if you need to slow down for people to get you. Yeah. Certain things you need to do. Jay Z used to rap super fast. He slowed it all down. Yeah. So, so, are you there? To be I'm learning. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Both, both, both. <laughs> so, yeah. rap, rap, it just needs people to do the do the work. Once people do the work, it will happen. The reason why the you know Chuck Boys were so popular and were so successful back in the day, Ice Prince, Jesse, and M, they were signed to a label that understood and loved rap. So we need that to happen. We need people to at, sign rappers. Yes. Burner Boy is such a huge success because when he was signed, they didn't start putting music out immediately. PD took time with the artist development because he cared about it. And what what that did was it gave Burner time to completely refine his sound. Yeah. Now, the rappers on the label had less mixtapes than Burner. How do rappers have less mix, less mixtapes <laughs> than this year? Mixtape you know, culture. They, I feel like Nigerians need to learn you. it. They need to they learn need it. They need to learn it. You need to keep... People talk about AQ a lot. AQ has put out like... He doesn't put out projects. He has put out like 15 projects in his life. But people are just knowing him now. So, oh. are people willing to do the work? Before Section 80 dropped, Kendrick had dropped about four mixtapes. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no um hip hop OG in the US that you look at. You that doing. doesn't have mixed like, look at mixtapes. Like you know ahead of. Yes. Look at J Cole, bro. Like these mixtapes are probably not even on DSPs. Like no, no. I've forgotten. I've forgotten the name of those websites. You know those hip hop websites where you could just yes. everybody's. Yeah. All those two dope boys, two yes. dope boys, DJ Boom, uh, all those hip hop DS. It, it, was, it, it wasn't yeah. even just. It wasn't even just um, mixtapes. I, I I know that rappers used to release. Obviously, they won't release it, but they used to leak some of their shits like in projects, and they won't they won't allow this. Like there's yes. this, there's this project called um, Days Before Birds or something by Travis. That yep. album is not yeah. that album is not an album. <laughs> but he has songs on it. I I know that there are a bunch of albums that I know I've listened to. Or I used to listen to. That when I became more aware of music, I realized that those projects were not real projects. Like they were just exactly. like or things like that. So like, like one thing you said, and Toby also kind of said it is like mixtape culture, also which is album culture. Really, have you noticed that there's kind of been like a shift in how albums roll out in Nigeria now? In yep. terms of, yep, yep. in terms of like. In terms of like at a point, Toby, like you were the one that was explaining this. Oh yeah, it was me. So it was um at a point in time, like I think he did even mention this on Clubhouse, but he was um he, there was a time where people would not drop albums; it was just a singles thing. They would always just drop single singles. And I know Chuka did say like, oh, it's because some artists just thought that, oh, why would I spend all this money in an album? My Nigerians will not feel it. Why I can just put my singles and they could feel me and I can go on shows and I can make my money. That was what basically he said. Yeah, so that's why well, because people people put the money first. The money is important, but you can't put the money first. You must put the art first, and a lot of people didn't, and that's why you had so many one hit wonders because they were looking for a hit. And when the hit came, what happened after the hit? No, so no. we need to understand, you know, the music, and care enough to do the music right. And I think once you're able to do that and keep doing it, it's only a matter of time. It might not happen, you know, you might not just blow instantly like a lot of these people, but it will come. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you ran away from that question. Your five Nigerian rappers. Oh my bad. Okay, so um, am I? Mode. Yep. Okay, so let's yeah. So first for me is Mode Nine because not only was he amazing, he literally he literally upped the rap culture and the ability of people to actually rap. You know, to care about the punchlines, to care about what is being said. Then there's M.I., of course, who has done it for years, over a decade. M.I. has literally been the only rapper who you can say is considered completely relevant over three decades. He was relevant in 2008 when he dropped his album, his first album. He was relevant was relevant all through, you know, the last decade. Then he's relevant now as he's still putting out Crown of Clay in 2021. Or rapping on kind of that song is hard, you know. So, am I definitely? Then, um, I don't know if any of you knew a guy called Freestyle. Freestyle was a third member of the Tribesmen, so uh. he was amazing. Um, Freestyle could literally do everything. Freestyle was the guy who never became everything he should be because of certain issues I can't go into now. So, those are three people. In my list, ghost of SDC. Uh-huh, somebody I can relate to. Yes. <laughs> somebody we know. <laughs> somebody we know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ghost of SDC is the top five rapper for me. Yes. And then the last person, uh, I'm going to call two people. So just, yeah, take it as a tie. Yeah. One is LD Extra Large. You guys don't know him. But he's one of the founding, like almost like the founding. LD extra large. Is that different yeah. from normal LD? Yes, he is. He is. So yes, LD extra large was also an is is still a, a radio presenter. Where I head the radio station now, but he was not only an amazing rapper. He made because of him, Mode Nine went and tore up all his old rhyme books and started writing again. What? Yep. So. That's how mad LD Extra Large was, you know. So those five, then they, I said I was, I was uncomfortable. The the person that I was, you know, slash with with LD Extra Large is AQ because not only has he paid his dues and been relevant since two thousand and six, mm-hmm. winning the, you know, winning the head is for album of the year. And being a nominee for lyricist on the road, how many years back to back? 15, what, no, yes, 15, 16 years after you came on the scene. That's a big deal. So those are those were like my top five slash top six. If I was to complete it to be a top 10, that's when the, for lack of a better word, the more indigenous rappers come in. So to complete my list, Ill Bliss, Olamide, Fino, and Reminis. I'll make my top mm. ten. Crazy. That's it's a solid list. The ones I'm the people I'm aware of. I, I agree with you. The people I'm not aware of, I cannot agree. I cannot disagree because I don't know them. <laughs> but I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Trust, trust your judgment. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. Um, let's see. I feel like we a lot of the questions that we've wanted to ask you somehow does tied tied like you've answered it in these conversations that we've been having so i guess we can move on from like music and yeah let's get into like advertising 
um could you tell us about like advertising in nigeria what does it entail and advice for those people who are trying to like get into that industry okay say that again i, I missed what you said um so i i said um we finished the music segments it's still getting yes. into like um advertising because that's what you also do as well um yep, tell yep, us yep. about like ad- advertising in nigeria what does it entail and maybe give advice on how people that are trying to get into that industry I got into advertising in 2008. Before then, I had dabbled in advertising because um, people used to ask me to help them do like storyboards for adverts, um, you know, come up with stuff like that. So every time I would do it, sometimes I'll see some scripts and I'll be like, oh, it's a dope script. Sometimes I'll see some scripts and be like, oh, this could be better if you did this, this and this. Uh-huh. And they'd be like, ah, okay, that means you actually can do this stuff. You can actually write for us. And I never really took it serious, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, I did. Because at that time, I was still drawing comic books for a living. So, eventually, when I first decided to take it serious, uh, the first company that gave me a shot was Esso and you, Sachi, Sachi and Sachi, Nigeria. And I I joined them as a junior copywriter in 2008. In 2009, I was staff of the year. In, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 2010, I moved to DDB. Um, DDB was where I worked till 2007, 2018, in fact. I stayed there for seven and a half years. Okay. So... In, yeah, in 2013, the ad that made me pretty popular, the Sakai Donpot ad happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we wrote quite a, And interestingly, that's not in any shape, form, or manner my favorite. I, I knew that. I knew that. No, no, I knew no, that, that no, not you. Not you fitting into the stereotype of rappers. Yeah, like their no. their most popular shit would not be their best. Like I really like. <laughs> now that you mentioned, like, you literally just said it. You literally just said it like juicy. I said juicy, big and DMX. Not like yeah. the song, but it's one of their biggest songs. <laughs> yeah. You 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 do uh, um uh, a rapper will drop a project and they'll be doing media runs and they'll ask them what's your best song on it. The ones that will answer, you know, some of them will say all of them. Some of the ones that will not answer, do not mention like I don't want to say the midest song, but the song that nobody even talks about. I just be like, how can this be your best song? Come on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe to be safe, to be safe, us to this. We used to do so. Our episodes, our best episodes, sometimes. It's not the worst. <laughs> not the worst people talk about. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. Because yeah. is and it's not unusual because it's just like what what you connect with, and what the people connect with, and what you created is not always the same. Hmm. True. So that's just it. It's because you connect to something. Maybe it was that song has a special you know meaning to you that people will not get, which is fine. So that's just what is yours. Just like some people, they, some artists, they create certain pieces. And then the ones they call it, they put as the most expensive, but the ones they refuse to sell are the ones that are like, who even wants to buy this? But they know why that's the one for them. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. But yeah, as after so after the MTN, um, the I don't put, what, yeah. what, 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 what happened next for you? So after that happened, yeah, um, 
okay, people, people took notice. It was interesting because people would come to the office to, you know, even students, people that are writing their thesis or doing their, their um, masters, you know, come and, you know, talk to you because they're, they're writing their thesis on something you created, which is quite humbling. Shout, um, shout out to people writing thesis. So we're going through it. I'm, I'm currently <laughs> writing mine now. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Really. Thanks. So. <laughs> I th- I think that yeah. I don't put uh, if you're, if if they are making a list of top ten most memorable ads, I think mm-hmm. that would be in the top four, top three. Well, for me, yeah. sure, obviously, I'm talking from mm-hmm. the 2000s, what I saw, and I feel like... Yeah, it's what you saw, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah I get you. And for, some, for, for, for somebody that is, like, 60 years old, you say, there's one ad that was... I was like, I don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I'm just kidding. So, yeah, you're saying after the MTN ad, after that one? Yeah, so after the MTN ad... um. I guess people took notice. A lot of stuff came out. We did a lot of interesting advertising for different clients. Um, I don't know if any, anybody ever saw the MTN Blind Bride advert about a lady who used, um, she's, she was blind and she didn't want to use it, her cane to find her husband at a traditional wedding. So she just had um, um, hands-free on and it was, her husband was directing her how to, how to walk to meet her. So, is oh, ring, ringing I, a bell like i, I feel that. like was it was it like a traditional wedding or something yes it was yes yes that's what yeah I, like it doesn't like i'm i'm seeing it but i'm not seeing it i don't know if it makes sense like like the the ring sounds like sometimes yes yeah yeah so shout out to you on, on that one um yeah, but yeah carry on yeah so um, that happened then after that um, we there have been so many dope ads that I, I really prefer um, but it's fine for people not to care about them because at the end of the day it's about what the people want because it's advertising so it's about the people um, mm-hmm. yeah so but the main thing for me was at this point in time by 2016 I had become creative director so it was less about creating ads and more about helping others create ads, supervising us to be the best in them, bring out the best in them. So in 2014 or 13, that was the first time I became a team lead. 2013, I became a team lead shortly before I wrote the I Don't Put Ad. I remember two weeks as team lead of leading five people, I went and met my creative director and told him, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because... For the first time, I was responsible for people's output. I had to be chasing people. I had to be following people up. Bro, that thing is worse. Or more. I was like, nah, let me just be my... Because everybody knew me as this comic... Right from when I was a comic book artist, they used to call me the assassin. So when I used to work at as a comic book artist, where I used to work, um, it was like ministry for me because I was turning Bible books into... Bible stories and books into comic books. So it would be easy for children mm-hmm. to read. Um oh. The, the the deadline they'll give you a book and you have you have three weeks to make that book happen mm-hmm. I would do the book in one week complete mm-hmm. done 
And so instead of doing one book in three weeks, I'll do two books in two weeks, rest on the third week, then do another two books, then rest on the next, next just like that. So that was my own way of you know, moving. So um, it turned out that I had the same kind of um, thought process or the same kind of execution process when it came to advertising. So sometimes, and it didn't help, or it helped rather, that my first um, my first boss, not my creative director, the person who has to report to the cook reports to the creative director, her name is Kumbi, she's late now. She was a monster. Kumbi will make me write 10 scripts for every single thing. And she expects that 10 scripts in maybe like two, three hours. So what? it was heavy like, yep, she was heavy like that, but I adapted. I remember she would be thrashing my scripts and then one day she was doing it. I don't know when I said, I'm not really cut out for this, am I? And you think she would be me? And she's like, no, of course I cut out for this. I mean, being, you know, I just keep going, you know? So by it got to a point whereby I not only became great at what she wanted me to do, I became confident in my ability to do it. So even when she says she no to a script, I can defend the script. Defend, uh, I know what I did. So, like, did you, yeah. like, deal with, like, imposter syndrome? Like, for, you say you've been drawing since you were three or two, three. Yeah. So, there's, I, I would not put it as a, there must have been, like, an era or a period that you've probably dealt with, like, imposter syndrome. Do you, oh, am I good enough? Like, like I know that sometimes I do some things and people are, like, hating it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, this thing does not look that <laughs> crazy <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> you know? So, like... I think what I'm trying to get is like, okay, for people, okay, let's say um someone in university studying marketing and advertising about to graduate, not really sure about what, how they want to go into like the market. They're still going mm-hmm. through like battles of self-doubt and all of that. What would you say yeah. to that kind of person on how to get, go into the industry and like be confident that, you know, you know your worth and you know that you are good at what you do? I think that the best thing to do is for people to benchmark. And the easiest way to... is it, We're living in a world where it is far easier to benchmark than, than it has ever been. You can literally go and check what is considered the best in class in whatever it is you want to do. You can literally find it anywhere online. And then when you see that, you can now say, oh, my stuff is up to, up to par or, you know, I need more work. And it doesn't have to be up to par for you to start. It needs to be good for yeah. you to start. That's all, you know. And people yeah. just need to understand that and be ready to continuously work on bettering themselves. That's all. So if you will do that, if you will know that, oh, I will look at what I consider, what's considered the best and I will use it to judge myself, there's only so far you can fall. You can't fall very far down the wrong. So once they do that, and you know in your heart of hearts that what you're creating is on the level or just below this level, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. Hold on to your conviction because you will make them know later on that you were right and they were wrong. So just find the right things to benchmark yourself with. Don't benchmark yourselves because they don't make them simple, benchmarking themselves with themselves. But that's kind of like a false... Um, equivalent because you can't be the test for yourself you have to use what you know people can judge as great or you can judge as great 
That way, you're not lying to yourself or deceiving yourself. Mm. Hmm. And not whining yourself. I'm dead. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Um, I think KB had a question. Yeah, I think I have one more question. So, um, like I said earlier in the episode, you're currently the director of creativity and innovations at Glow. Um, that is a very dope title, and um, I remember that um was it 2014 i can't remember the year but 2013 around that period there was this era that glow they were going berserk with their ads and they were working with a lot of like pop stars nigerian musicians i remember they did the unlimited song with peace square and lagbaja they did this um moving to greener pastures song that had waji momaomi burner boy um bears am i and they, they did a couple of other things too. Um, but that stopped. I don't know why. So like with your new role, is is there a chance that like you know that you can must happen? make KP's dreams come true? Yeah, <laughs> let, me re- let me let me relieve it in the you moment. Know, like, I, I, I feel I feel like that was a very dope era. Like it was just cool, like seeing your best artists singing about extra data on your phone. <laughs> I feel like that was really cool. But yeah, yeah, just like talk about like and like you know future plans and stuff. Yeah, true. I remember. Yeah, so I remember the the, the song you talked about the Greener Pastures song. I remember yeah. Burner Boy saying, "How can the network not work?" Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that it is going to come back. Um, as I speak, there's going to be a, a new semi ad singing about certain products coming soon so to a tv near you near you. (laughs) don't worry we're bringing that back we're bringing that back yeah so kp will be happy i'll be happy (laughs) if you're you're looking for um people to cast i've been thinking Mm -hmm. of w acting you know, I, I, I like know. I like how Kefi has said that because that leads me into my last two questions. Okay. okay? <laughs> so the first one is as a brand, so you work for a brand, obviously Glow is a brand. What yeah. do you look out for or what do brands look out for in choosing ambassadors or influencers? So I think that the most important thing for choosing an influencer or a brand ambassador is when an influencer's outlook or a philosophy fits in with the philosophy of whatever it is you're trying to sell at that time. Now, when I say at that time, it's because you might be, there's a difference between you selling the brand like like glue or selling a product within a brand, like maybe the youth segment. So some people might not fit perfectly for selling the, the master brand but they might fit perfectly for selling the mass market or selling the youth segments or selling the high value segment, you know, separate things like that. And it goes for any other um, industry or field or segment that you want to sell, whether you're doing it for um, for liquor, whether you're doing it for beverages, whether you're doing it for Indomie, whatever the case is, you know. So, for example, um, if you're trying to sell Indomie, you are going to be looking at, oh, who are people that consume Indomie the most? Who are people that are making, you know, is, is, is Indomie right to sell using a, using just, you know, parents who are expected to be cooking actual food or getting different food? Or is it the the um, single people 
who are trying to whip up mm-hmm. food quickly, you know. So all those questions come into play. So yeah. most um, most competent brands, they don't just pick somebody because, oh, that person has a so number of followers. You I know? was going to ask, does so social media following doesn't necessarily matter? It matters because the whole point of the influence is how the amount of people you can influence. Oh, but okay. your followers are not necessarily a true testament of your amount of engagements. Because, for example, yeah. some people have massive follower following on, on social media, but they are almost never on social media. So they never, they're not even around to tell people, you know, go and get this brand or engage them to, you know, use the brand. But there are young or micro-influencers, as they call them, who are consistently engaging and consistently making things work because they are thinking in terms of engagement and activity, not just, oh, I'm big, not just, oh, I have as many followers. It's because I can make people come to, yes, have consistent and constant interaction with your brand, which is what people should be looking out for. So sometimes you pick a brand ambassador or influencer just for the sake of status. Because so oh, that person is big and that person being associated with your brand is a big deal in your mind. But it shouldn't be a that shouldn't be the only reason, or that shouldn't be the only person you're picking. It should be a strategy. And based on that, whoever is doing whatever they are doing, they just need to keep doing it and keep pulling and creating their niche so that when any brand comes to you or to you know, what happens is that they're not just coming to you. Because oh, they, and that's toss you some little money. They are coming to you almost like a like a partner with them. So you can, if they say, oh, want to do this, you can say, you can tell them, okay, mm-hmm. how do you tell it? And they say it, and they're like, okay, this is nice. But based on what I have found out doing what I do with the kind of research information I have, with the kind of interactions I have, this is what the people are looking at, and this is the best way to interact with them. Then you bring more value, and then you write your own ticket. Literally, your pricing becomes okay, more in your life. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely, that definitely makes sense. And then my final question now, you know, this one is a little bit like, you can see I'm looking for trouble, but I don't mind. Looking for trouble is my brand. So a platform like, you know, us, you know, small, small, in fact, what am I saying? Big, big cruising elsewhere, you know, what would you say is the best approach to getting like a sponsorship and advertising ourselves? Oh, okay. Um, I think the best thing to do, the best way to go about it is the two ways. Um, the first one uh-huh. is to become, I won't say popular, but become familiar with the people who make the decisions. Because when you, you do that, it's easier for you. So people like you. Okay. You got me, but yeah. The people who make the decisions. So that what happens is... When you tell, when you come to them, you you can actually let speak to them in a in an informal manner about what you actually bring to the table. You know, so when you do that, you guys can have an agreement that is not conventional, but that works for both of you. So that's the first thing to okay. do. The second thing to do is to completely create and um, push your brand persona so that people know that you are not because everybody sells everybody can sell um beer but people don't just go and buy beer 
they have a brand they want to buy. So in the same yeah. thing, yeah. So it's not just podcasting, you know. So when they come and they see Toby, and they say, "Oh, is that is it? Oh, is it Toby and KP? Ah, okay, yes. Those guys are, you know, I enjoy listening to them. Oh, is it their podcast? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So what do we do? How do we? Because you've created something that everybody wants to associate with. If you create stuff that, and you also need to yeah. let, and this is my my suggestion. Um, you also need to take the vibe and the the interesting content you guys create in the podcast and take it out of podcast line. So, for example, every time you guys have these discussions with you know different people, take the, the snackable bits, twenty seconds, fifteen seconds, put them out on social media. Like you know that this part people just watch and to kill, you know, and those certain things that will be said that will become culture. Once you say, before you know it, it becomes the same way you just turning on your own became a big deal. It will now become that what's said in your podcast that is now part of culture. And people are like, oh, where did it come from? And oh, it's from their podcast. By the time three, four things that have, that become part of culture come from your podcast, everybody is going to sit up and want to be part of that podcast. Thank you. So, that, thank you very much for that. Toby, you done yet? I've heard so we have to level up management. Some management is listening. When people hear the buzz, <laughs> good. But yeah, thank you so much for spending time with us, Chuka. I know now your album is out. It's been 20 minutes since 11. Um, Black yes. Godzilla by Dasuki, aka aka Chuka. Aka hey. Chuka <laughs> <laughs> is out. You guys should listen. It's, it should be yeah. out on all DSPs. Um, yeah. Thank you it's so much, Chuka, for spending time with us. This was fun. Very insightful. We didn't just vibe. We also learned. I learned to work. I know there's some rappers I'm going to now go and listen to now, so I can be co- somewhat, you know, cultured. So I know I can join into conversations when big, big or older people are speaking. So not <laughs> I don't do anything. But yes, um, maybe anything from you um nah i just want to say a big thank you for hopping on the episode this week um it was a very insightful conversation definitely learned a lot and we hope to have you some other time you know you know when you're ready just let me know yes come back do come back i'm sure people want to hear more from you but anyways to round off the episode uh, we usually do a thing called fact of the week and today's fact of the week is um so the first african football olympic um wait how am i going to say this okay so the first african football olympic medal was won in 1996 and this is the gold medal specifically and nigeria was the country that won it nigeria became the first african country to win the olympic gold in the football event at 1996 the team was captained by Wanko Kanu, yes. And yeah. he it came down to 3-1, down to Brazil in the semifinals. And to win 4-3, with a sudden death goal from Kanu. And then they repeated this feat against Argentina in the final. And that was how we won, you know, the first Olympic gold in football. In the Olympics. I wish I could tell you guys about that day. Oh, so you see, you're coming back to tell us that story about that day. Um, two, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. when Nigeria, when Kanu scored that um, golden goal against against Brazil that took us to the final, Nigerians mm. streamed into the streets at 2 a.m. It was crazy. 
like my god it was no nah, nah, it was something like, like nothing you've ever seen wow that's crazy and that was like the 26th olympic i think it was like obviously yeah Atlanta, yes. Atlanta. yeah so it was in georgia yeah, yeah. so before yeah, that olympic, week. Well, carry yeah. On. sorry yeah before that olympic 1992 olympics um ghana was africa's representative at the football games so ghana won bronze so nigeria went in 96 and omar see is a, whole, uh, is a whole story behind that because it was amazing imagine being 3-1 down and then at the end at the end of the first half and winning 4-3 against brazil that had the original ronaldo you know, so it was not like a small Brazilian team. In the final, we actually went behind twice. So they scored first, we equalized. They scored again, we equalized, and then we scored. It was just crazy. It was an amazing time. Like just remembering it, I have goosebumps. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the fact of the week. Um, so don't forget to follow the um socials of the pod on twitter and instagram and it is the same at cruising out west on both platforms um don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, follow it on spotify we're also on audio mac um you can also follow it on there you know like the episode share it to a family member share it to a friend um we definitely learned so many new things and if you're trying to get into the industry Trifa did give like insights into that as well um rate the podcast as well on apple you can leave you can leave reviews you know you can also leave written reviews of how much you like hearing me and kp yan with guests every other week you know um kp anything from you no, people should send me money. That is all that I want. Oh, this guy, this guy. Send me dollars. <laughs> send him dollars. Um, and anything from you, Chikaji, you want to say any final words? Yeah, um, thank you guys for having me. Um, Black Godzilla is out. Black Godzilla is called Black Godzilla because it's produced by three guys, Black Intelligence, Ill God, and Techzilla. Zeddy producer. So I named the production. Yes, uh, I wish we could get into the track list because I remember he was saying the track list. I don't know the track list. Yeah, there's, there's deeper meaning into it. Yeah, but, you know, so literally, oh, like one to twelve are just yeah named after um, the songs. So track one is one way, like you go to take one ways. Track two is mile two, very popular place in Nigeria. Track three is a three piece, and the three piece suit. Track four is four points by Sheraton. Track five is five to nine. <laughs> Because you know, most of us don't need to do nine to five, so do five to nine. Track That's six nice. is Beta Sixteens because it's a song about um, girls who are um, guys who have been you know molested before they even reach their teens. Um, oh. So it's of sweet sixteens, they grow up to be bitter sixteens. Um, track seven oh. is Item Seven, you know, because that's like food for thought. Food. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, I, I don't get the Item Seven reference. What's what's that? So in Nigeria, when you say Item Seven, it means. At a, at a party, food has come. Item 7 is food. It's a refreshment. Really? Yes, Toby's that's right. I told you, Toby's uncultured. She's a, she's a, I, don't, I, don't, like I, don't, I don't go out. I don't go out in that. That's what it is. <laughs> you know what? Sorry, oh, Ambe, oh, 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 you never know that the... I, man, yeah. the old, no, I only go for Oambe oh, that um, I know the person that's doing the Oambe oh, because <laughs> I like to eat. I don't want them to tell me no more food. <laughs> they will go and find food for me in the back <laughs> because I'm family. That, that's that's what I like. But yeah, carry on. So after item seven. Yeah, so I like track eight is figure eight, which is you know, about the lady. But I'm saying that her mind is what is figure eight, you know. So 
track nine is called Cattle Nine Tails. So Cattle Nine Tails is actually a whip that is used to, used to beat people back in the day. But instead of T I T A I L S, which is the tales, it was T A L E S. So it's like stories. So it's like stories that people went through, you know, of suffering. Then track ten is tension. Track eleven is winning eleven. So winning eleven is uh is about I don't know if it, you guess any of you are football fans. So literally is a juxtaposition where Sorry, I, uh, I have to hit I have to hit that that you say football fans, <laughs> but they just beat my team. Are you a backup fan? Eh? Are you a backup fan? I'm considering sacking them, but yes, I'm a Barca fan. What was this call? Two one, they beat us. Ah, okay, it wasn't so bad. It's bad. We're going to go. As you said, um, I've been trying not to think about it because before we start recording, we're already losing two zero. So I was just like, I'm yes, it was two zero. I was pissed. I was. Wow, football fans in the mud. Wow, wow. Why don't I've got to buy crazy crazy. I've got to that. <laughs> yeah. So winning eleven is basically um I what I did was juxtapose, you know, eleven is your team is made of eleven people. So I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. make your own winning eleven, your own team. But I used reference of the best players through history to tell the story. So and then track twelve is titled Twelve Inch. Twelve inch is the vinyl as the the, that big record the sizing, yeah, yeah. that's the size dimensions, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, those are how the tracks Crazy. are made. Crazy yeah. scenes. It sounds interesting already. I'm excited to listen after we finish on here. But yeah, thank you so much for spending time with us. Do come again. You know, don't forget us. Keep us in your mind. You know, as you're the one that be making decisions. Wink, wink. Nepotism for the win. <laughs> we're, we're able. We're willing and able and diligent and able to do work. Wink, wink. But no, yes. Um, noted. Noted. But yeah, all right then. See, um, you guys should stay safe. It's social distance. It's still in a Thank you guys for having me. Yep, we're still in a panorama. So, a yep. pamparampa. A pakurma. A Pepsi. All facts. All the A Portugal. A Ruga. A Ruga. What's in the Ruga? yeah, anyways. <laughs> See you guys in another two weeks. And yeah, bye. Bye. Bye, guys.